0: Chapter Seventeen of the Submarine Boys and the middies This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Submarine Boys and the middies by Victor G. Durham. Chapter Seventeen: The Evil Genius of the Waterfront. It was nearly eight in the evening when the three craft were snug at anchor the bay was a small one hardly worthy of the name the only inhabited part of the shore thereabouts consisted of the fishing village known as blair's cove a settlement containing some forty houses hardly had all been made snug aboard the farnum when jack standing on the platform deck after the cadets had been transferred to the hudson for the night saw a small boat heading out from shore is that one of the new submarine crafts hailed a voice from the bow of the boat yes sir jack answered courteously no more was said until the boat had come up alongside i thought maybe you'd be willing to let me have a look over the craft of this sort said the man in the bow he appeared to be about forty years of age dark-haired with a full black beard the man was plainly though not roughly dressed evidently he was a man of some education why i'm mighty sorry sir captain jack benson replied I'm afraid it'll be impossible to allow any strangers on board during this cruise. Oh I won't steal anything from your craft answered the stranger laughingly I won't be inquisitive either or go poking into forbidden corners. Who's your captain? I am sir Then you'll let me come aboard just for a look won't you pleaded the stranger such curiosity was natural the man seemed like a decent fellow but Jack shook his head sorry sir but i'm positive our owners wouldn't approve of our allowing any strangers to come on board had any trouble so far with strangers asked the man i didn't say that jack replied evasively but the construction of a submarine torpedo boat is a secret it's a general rule with our owners that strangers shan't be allowed on board unless they're very especially vouched for now i hate to appear disobliging yet if you've ever been employed by anyone else you will appreciate the need of obeying an owner's orders you're under the orders of the boss of that gunboat asked the stranger pointing to the hudson on this cruise yes sir jack nodded maybe if i saw the fellow in command of the gunboat then he'd give me an order allowing me to come on board i'm very certain the lieutenant commander wouldn't do anything of the sort benson replied the stranger gave a comical sigh. Then I'm afraid I don't see a submarine boat tonight, that is, any more than I can see of it now. That's about the way it looks to me also, Jack answered, smiling. Yet, believe me, I hate awfully to seem discourteous about it. Oh, all right, muttered the stranger, nodding to the two boatmen who had rowed him out alongside. Good, grunted i I'm glad you didn't let him on board, Captain. On this cruise our luck doesn't seem to run with strangers it doesn't for a fact laughed jack benson hi-ho ah oh, hum yawned young summer stretching it'll be mine for an early bunk tonight i reckon at this moment a boat was observed rounding the stern of the hudson it came up alongside landing a marine sentry anybody on board the farnum want to go ashore tonight hailed a voice from the gunboat's rail the shore boat will be ready in five minutes i believe i'd like to take a just a run through the village declared jack turning to his chum do you feel like a land cruise with me hal i think i'd better go laughed hastings you seem to get into trouble when you go alone all right then and Eph, since you're so sleepy you can turn in as soon as you want the boat will be under sufficient protection jack added nodding toward the marine slowly pacing the platform deck williamson was called too but declared that he felt like turning in early and so when the shore boat came it had but two passengers to take from the submarine there were a few shore-leave men however from the gunboat this boat will return to the fleet gentlemen every hour up to midnight stated the petty officer in charge as jack and hal stepped ashore at the rickety little wharf judging from what we can see of the town from here we'll be ready to go back long before midnight jack benson laughingly told his companion all i want to do is shake some of the sea roll out of my gate nodded hastings it sure doesn't seem to be much of a town by way of public buildings there turned out to be a church locked and dark a general store and also a drug store that contained the local post office but the drug store carried no ice cream or soda so the submarine boys turned away there was one other public place that the boys failed to discover at once and that was a low groggery at the further end of the town here two of the sailors who had come on shore leave turned in for a drink or two they found a suave Black-bearded man quite ready to buy liquor for Uncle Sam's tars Three-quarters of an hour later Jack and Hal felt they had seen about as much of the town as they cared for when a hailing voice stopped them Finding it pretty dull gentlemen. Oh good evening replied Captain Jack recognizing the bearded man whom he had refused admittance to the Farnham pretty stupid town isn't it captain asked the stranger holding out his hand which jack benson took as lively as we thought it would be hal rejoined we just came ashore to stretch ourselves a bit thought we might lay a course to an ice-cream soda too but failed these fishermen don't have such things smiled the stranger they're content with the bare necessities of life with a little grog and tobacco added speaking of grog would you care to try the best this town has gentlemen thank you jack answered politely we've never either of us tasted the stuff and we don't care to begin drop into the drug store and have a cigar then we don't smoke either thank you came from Hal. you young men are rather hard to entertain in a place like this sighed the stranger but his eyes twinkled we're just as grateful for the intention jack assured him tell you what i can do gentlemen proposed the stranger suddenly i might invite you down to my shack for a little while Show you my books and some models of yachts and ships that I've been collecting I'm quite proud of my collection in that line won't you come Anything in the line of yachts or ship models interested both of these sea loving boys from the shipyard at Dunhaven Jack graciously accepted the invitation for them both and though I have no soda fountain Continued the bearded one I can offer you some soft drinks. I always keep some about the place "'How do you come to be living in a place like this if I'm not too inquisitive?' queried Benson as the three strolled down the street. "'Doctor's orders,' replied the bearded one. "'So I've rented the best old shack I could get here, down by the water. I spend a good deal of my time sailing a sloop that I have. Curtis is my name.' Jack and Hal introduced themselves in turn. Curtis's shack proved to be well away from the village proper and down near the waterfront. A light shone from a window near the front door as the three approached the small dwelling. "'I think I can interest you for an hour, gentlemen,' declared the bearded one as he slipped a key in the lock of the door. He admitted them to a little room off the hallway, a room that contained not much beyond a table and four chairs, a side table and some of the accessories of the smoker. "'Just take a seat here,' proposed Curtis, "'while I get some sarsaparilla for you. "'I'll be right back in a moment.' it was four or five minutes before curtis came back bearing a tray on which were three tall glasses each containing a brownish liquid the stuff isn't iced and yet it's fairly cold the bearded one explained well gentlemen here's to a pleasant evening hal who was thirsty took a long swallow of the sarsaparilla finding the flavor excellent jack drank more slowly though he enjoyed the beverage if you don't mind suggested curtis i will light a cigar and say by the way gentlemen what if we take a little walk down to my beach before showing you the models i spoke of i'd like to have your opinion of the lines of my sloop we'll go down and take a look with great pleasure jack benson agreed rising and i'm glad sir that you're able to show us more courtesy than we were able to offer you to-night oh that was all right declared their host smiling good-humoredly rules are rules and you have your owners to please no hard feelings on that score i assure you curtis led the way through a dark yard down to a pier moored there lay a handsome white sloop some forty-two feet in length a boat of good and seaworthy knockabout type this is a sloop all right jack agreed cordially rather different from the lumbering fishing craft hereabouts oh ah yum yawned hal at which curtis shot a quick glance at him come on board invited curtis stepping down to the deck of the craft Let me show you what a comfortable cruising cabin I have." "'Why, oh, yow,' yawned Hal again. "'Jack, I think I shall enjoy my rest tonight. "'Same case here,' agreed Benson, stifling a yawn that came as though in answer to Hal's. "'I won't keep you long, gentlemen, if I'm boring you,' agreed their host amiably. "'Now I'll go below first and light up. So now come down and take a look. Do you find many yacht cabins more comfortable than this one?' It was indeed a cozy place. Up forward stood a miniature sideboard, complete in every respect with glass and silver. In the center of the cabin was a folding table. There were locker seats and inviting looking cushions. The trim was largely of mahogany. On either side was a broad, comfortable looking berth. Just get into that berth and try it, Mr. Hastings, urged the bearded one. I-I'm afraid to, confessed Hal, stifling another yawn. Afraid? very sure thing why i'm uh, um, yawned hal hastings i'm afraid i'd yo abuse your hospitality by going to sleep jack benson leaned against the edge of the opposite berth feeling unaccountably drowsy oh nonsense laughed curtis just pile into that berth for a moment hastings and see what a soft restful place it is i'll agree to pull you out if necessary not realizing much in his approaching stupor hal hastings allowed himself to be coaxed to stretch himself at full length in the downy berth almost immediately he closed his eyes drifting off into stupor why your friend is drowsy isn't he laughed the bearded one turning to the submarine skipper jack benson's own eyelids were suspiciously close together why what ails you curtis spoke in a low droning faraway voice that caused jack benson's upper eyelids to sink Curtis stood watching him in malicious glee for some moments then at last he took hold of the young skipper Come old fellow coaxed the bearded one. You'll do best to join your friend in a good nap get up in the berth Let me alone protested the boy thickly feeling that he was being lifted Jack struggled partly rousing himself come get up into the berth. You'll be more comfortable there Let me alone. What are you trying to do? demanded Jack swinging an arm Curtis dodged the light blow and then gripped Jack Benson resolutely now see here young man hissed the bearded one I'm not going to have any more nonsense out of you up into the berth you go do you want me to hit you? Another man thrust his head down the cabin hatchway showing an evil grinning face Got him right demanded the one from the hatchway Yes snapped the bearded one then turned to give his attention to jack benson who was putting up an ineffectual fight while hal slumbered on now see here benson quit all your fooling you let me up insisted the submarine boy in a low dull voice though he swung both his arms in an effort to assert himself i'm not going to stay here let me up i say i'm going back to my own boat the submarine jeered the bearded man yeah, guess again son laughed curtis jeeringly you're not going back aboard the submarine tonight." am so declared benson obstinately though his tone was growing more drowsy every instant and his busy hands moved almost as weakly as an infant's listen if you've got enough of your senses left growled the bearded men you're not going back to the farnum neither tonight nor at any other time during the next few months you're bound on a long cruise but not on a submarine boat I'm the captain here, and I'll name the crews. End of chapter 17